0: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No the over 18 plus website for details. With slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson, he's got it! They're not going to catch him, he's going to go the distance, touchdown! Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson, 92 yards! and picked
1: up Anderson, he'll take it in, a six, and a touchdown bell! to the middle of that
0: line and it's a touchdown big return for Crowder 85 yards pass thrown there was contact with the quarterback and it's incomplete they got pressure on Prescott it was Adams who came blitzing in he hit immediately he got the handoff you know
1: what's <laughs> the quinater oh my gosh listen thank you
2: From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1, and I am joined to go through day number two of the NFL's free agency period here in 2020 with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. Chris, a very quiet day today, especially with the Jets, nothing much going on, but we will start with this. Not long after we finished recording yesterday, the Jets came out and announced, and this is on Manish's Twitter if you want to take a look at the exact wording, they're going to be deferring season ticket holder payments in light of current conditions. The organization has been planning to do this given the circumstances with what's going on with coronavirus. Giants did that as well. I think it's only right and pretty much nothing else really to say about that.
1: Yeah, what is there to say? Uh, if if, you, if they didn't do that, that would be just a ridiculous stance to take. Uh, the Johnsons can go ahead and wait to collect your money on those PSLs until we know, uh, you know, that this is all under control. People are uh, sh- struggling financially. It would be absurd to expect season ticket holders to have to worry about that now. So they go, they did that, and. I guess, good on them that we don't have to criticize them for not doing it. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and give them too much credit for that, too. That's the least they could do. According to
2: Manish, details of Alex Lewis's three-year deal with the Jets, $18.6 million. It includes a $2.5 million signing bonus. $5.6 million is guaranteed. First year he gets six million, which includes two million in a roster bonus and four hundred thousand per game roster bonus. Twenty twenty the base salary is one point one million, then it's five point eight and $6 six million, four hundred K per game max in roster bonuses each year. So if I'm reading this correctly, it looks like this is more or less a glorified one year deal. He's getting that six million dollars up front. In the base pay and the bonuses And all of that And then after that the Jets can really move on If they want to
1: Yeah and you know we're seeing We've been seeing this trend where it goes Down to uh, where All the five year deals were really three Year deals and now you get uh, Three year deals that are either two year Deals or one year deals this this seems To be a common trend uh, Coming along and you know It's obviously a good trend for uh, For the for the the teams not the players But uh, it's definitely a good uh, trend for them Gets to protect themselves From their investments And I know this is something I, I always talk about We talk about as soon as you see Numbers released on a contract Don't ever react to those numbers Wait until you see the guaranteed Money come in and then that's when You start to react um, Because the the way They structure these contracts A lot of it's funny money and And what players will never see and just
2: to follow up on what we were saying dead cap figures for 2021 and 2022 are 1.6 million and 833,000 so really it is a glorified one year deal which is fine because it gives the jets an average ish kind of guard and then it gives them the option to move on and we all know that Alex Lewis gets hurt a ton last year was actually his healthiest year and he still missed time so this is a hedge for the jets at least they know they've got a placeholder for 2020 but they're not locked in beyond that Former Jet Tom Compton signs with the 49ers One year, $3 million. Makes sense to me Wasn't really very good with the Jets last year But he's decent depth At least he's got starting experience
1: Yeah, you know Losing out on Tom Compton uh, Not anything to, he, he didn't get a lot of money for a reason uh, He's obviously going there to be a backup um, Which fine But yeah, I hope they don't have to use him for their sake uh, He <laughs> This was a really bad offensive line with the Jets last year, and he couldn't do anything to make it better, that's that's for sure. So go ahead, uh, go out over there, see what you can do, uh, backing up over there.
2: Big news in the corner market, Darius Slay ends up going to the Philadelphia Eagles for a third and fifth round pick. He signs a three-year, $50 million extension upon getting traded. This works well for Philly because they are in win-now mode, and corner was arguably their most pressing need. Certainly their most pressing need on defense. Now they just have to fill that wide receiver hole. I assume they're going to do that in the draft for the Lions, you knew this was going to happen. They were shopping Slay, and then they signed Desmond Trafont. So once that happened, there was no doubt about it at that point. I like this deal for both sides. For the Lions, they get themselves useful draft picks to kind of rebuild. And with the Eagles, as I said, they are in win-now mode. So this gives them a guy who, even if he only has one or two years left as a really good corner, he can help them try and make a run at the Super Bowl, assuming Carson Wentz is healthy.
1: Yeah, and it, even if this place has slipped a little bit, it's still better than what the Eagles have been trotting out there the last couple of years. So, you know, I know Jets fans, some of them were holding out hope that uh Jets would get in on them. I think it's pretty uh, painfully obvious right now that that is not a Joe Douglas move, and that's not what he's going to be doing. Um, so, it, it's deal. We knew the Lions were shopping him and then uh, Slay himself came out and confirmed that before this trade happened. So we knew it was going to happen. It's a smart move for both of them. Uh, Still end up being interesting to see what the Lions do. If they just decide to roll with Trufant and go somewhere else in the draft or if they go with Akuda and and try to pair them. So that'll be interesting to see.
2: Joe Tooney signed his franchise tag tender. So... He is locked into New England at worst for one year. He still could get traded or sign a long-term extension, but he signed the tender. So it's not like there's going to be any kind of long protracted holdout.
1: Yeah, there's not going to be anything like that. And while, you know, it is the Patriots, you can't rule out the possibility of them going ahead and trading them. They're certainly not trading them to the Jets. So, uh, that, that I think at least the majority of fans have, uh, have moved on and realized that they're not getting Joe Thune. But just in case anyone's out there thinking, hey, maybe still there's a shot, they're obviously not trading him to the Jets.
2: Mike Person is certainly not Joe Thune, but he was a starting guard on a Super Bowl team, that team, the 49ers. He was released today, so he is available in addition to Klein, who was released by the Vikings. Both guys were starters, so considering what the Jets have right now, I would assume they'll kick the tires there because if nothing else they could use all the help they can get
1: on the offensive line. Yeah, I mean kick the tires on all of them available. <laughs> I mean again with with who they did bring back except for McGovern and who's was already going to be returning is not McGovern's the only one that you can say for sure is starter uh worthy and that you'd be comfortable rolling with. So you know, bring up other guys for competition and depth purposes.
2: Broncos informed former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco that he's going to be waived because he failed a physical. So he is out on the street now, too. Check out some of the big names that are available right now via trade or free agency Joe Flacco, Jameis Winston, both unrestricted free agents. Andy Dalton and Cam Newton are both available for trade. I think that if you're a team, that is ready to do something in 2020 and needs a bridge, somebody like Cam Newton or Andy Dalton would be an interesting option. I think if you're a team that's looking for a backup with experience, Joe Flacco is somebody that might fit the bill. And as far as Jameis Winston, that's a high upside gamble. I think if you bring him in as a backup, if he's willing to do that, that's a very interesting move for a team that has a staff that's known for being able to work with quarterbacks because I do think that Winston, at only 25, has a lot of talent. And if you can find a way to get all the best traits out and minimize the weakest stuff that he does, which, of course, is turning the ball over all the time, it might be worth a look. I actually would love it if the Jets sign Jameis Winston as the backup to Sam Darnold, but there's zero chance that's going to happen for a variety of reasons. Most notably, the fact that Adam GaSe would probably rather stand in the middle of traffic in Times Square with a sign that says "Please run me over" than to have Jameis Winston on the roster.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine that they'd be that they would be going after uh, Jameis at all. That, uh, but that's that's the only quarterback out there right now that I can see making a positive difference. And of course he could very obviously make a negative difference as well. But if, if this is if you could just somehow I don't know what the answer is. Again, maybe it's maybe it was the eye surgery. Maybe that ends up being the answer with Jameis But if you could just end up uh you know controlling the interception somehow, which is obviously easier said than done, then he he, he could make an excellent quarterback. Everybody else that's out there is what do you What are you gonna do if they have to play? It's maybe they can sneak by and win you a game here and there, but it's not gonna like really win you anything. And the only other thing uh, is just you know my obsession with the idea of desperately, desperately wanting the Patriots to sign Andy Dalton because I just want to see what Belichick and Andy Dalton does. That's like the thing I want most in life right now. Um, <laughs> But if I'm looking at a backup quarterback situation and I'm looking at what's out there, uh, otherwise, like Jameis is the only one that would uh, like actually excite me in any type of way.
2: Former first-round pick of the Texans and last year guy who played with the Bills, Kevin Johnson, the cornerback, signs a one-year $3.5 million deal that could escalate to $6 million with incentives, signs with the Cleveland Browns, so he'll get another shot there. And then the big news of the day, of course, Todd Gurley released by the Los Angeles Rams. It's incredible because Chris, this goes to show you, two, three years ago, this is one of the best players in the league. Everybody was talking about how he was dominating, and then he just completely fell off a cliff. Injuries derailed him. He's still only 25 years old, which is Amazing. But this shows you the short shelf life of running backs. Apparently Miami and Atlanta sniffed around, but they couldn't come to any kind of agreement, so the Rams had to let Todd Gurley go. Part of the reason, I would suspect, is because of the fact that Jared Goff's bonuses all kicked in, so they had to make a decision. But he'll find a home somewhere else when you're as talented as Todd Gurley. Someone's going to give you a chance, but... This is incredible, and again, it shows you don't invest too much in running backs over the long haul. If you want to give a running back a two-, three-year deal, fine, but do not be paying running backs massive amounts of money because this is ultimately what you usually get. Not everybody turns out to be Adrian Peterson and is going
1: to play until they're 85 years old. I absolutely agree with everything you just said. I do want to point out, though, that... Uh, though that uh. Gurley's a little bit different. we know we've known he's had knee problems mm-hmm. uh, so like it's it, it, it is a little bit different. I wouldn't use this as the uh, case study for why not to use or not to pay running backs that money, but I do agree with the premise. So uh, I'm not gonna harp on it too much. just want to point that out. but yeah, it's crazy and um <laughs> what the Rams are doing they're shopping cooks. Uh, they had to get rid of Marcus Peters last year. I mean, they they loaded up to try to make a run, and they were willing to uh, take some future cap hits. And now they are having being forced to eat those cap hits um, because Gurley's going to cost them a lot of money against the cap. Like it's that's still going to be the case. So they're they're going to have a lot of dead money from it, uh, and you know they're. Them and you know, the, the Vikings are kind of similar too. It's, every time I look up, the Vikings are getting rid of somebody, whether it's trading Stephon Diggs or I understand that their secondary wasn't very good except for uh, because Alexander. But the entire secondary is gone pretty much. Uh, so they, they seem to be scaling back why they decided to extend Kirk Cousins even more. It's interesting watching what a lot of these teams are doing where they gave out these these huge money to the quarterbacks and now they're just just dumping contracts left and right
2: I'm with you in terms of Todd Gurley not being the case study per se because of the health problems. But so many of these running backs suffer those kind of injuries early on because of the pounding that they take. And that's the unfortunate hazard of the position. Look at David Johnson. We were all joking about how could the Texans be so stupid to take David Johnson's contract as part of a deal for DeAndre Hopkins. But let's just remember something. Back in 2016, David Johnson might have been the best player in the league on offense, or he was certainly in the discussion. And then all of a sudden, the injuries popped up. And he's 28 years old now, but by the age of 25, he was in the same spot that Todd Gurley was. So it just goes to show you, with running backs, they're very volatile because of the nature of the position and the pounding that they take. And most of them are just not going to hold up for long periods of time. So... It's not generally wise to make a huge long-term investment in a running back. Le'Veon Bell, a different story because we knew it was basically a glorified two-year deal. And I think, unfortunately, that's probably where it's going to end because it doesn't seem like the Jets are interested at all in helping him. Because all we hear, Chris, is that the Jets want tackles and guards and centers that can pass block they don't care whether or not they can run block. so I guess that means that they're not really paying all that much attention to Le'Veon Bell and along those lines by the way in terms of offensive linemen I figured we would dip into the mailbag a little bit because there wasn't too much going on today we'll do mailbag questions over the next couple of days as well so I'll keep the lines of communication open on Twitter if you want to ask some more this one comes in from Jim D he says Do you think a possible Trent Williams deal could happen on draft day? If all four tackles are gone by 11 and Douglas is able to move down in the first round, it would allow the Jets to acquire additional draft capital to get Williams. Chris, I keep seeing this kind of stuff on Twitter. I'm not picking on anybody because, let's be honest, it's March. We're all looking for anything to keep our interest, especially with what's going on out there. We're trying to get excited about things, but the reality is... Joe Douglas, as you said yesterday, Chris, is showing us what kind of GM he's going to be, and he is not going to be the kind of GM that's going to trade a second-round pick for Trent Williams and then also turn around and pay him $20 million. If Trent Williams was on an affordable contract that he was willing to stick to, and if he was able to get Trent Williams maybe for his own pick in the third round— Possibly but I don't think either one Of those things is possible and there are Plenty of other teams that want Trent Williams too And I've been seeing this with a ton of guys Jadavian Clowney U-Stadium reporting that the Jets are Keeping an eye on Jadavian Clowney Or monitoring the situation And I'm not picking on U-Stadium because I'm Sure they're right about that but That's just code for well If Jadavian Clowney has no market and We can get him for way cheaper than we expect We'll think about it Also Yannick Ngakwe Ben Albright reporting that the Jets are sniffing around on Ngakwe. I asked around. That's not what I heard. Who really knows at this point because information's coming from a whole bunch of different people. But there's nothing that Joe Douglas has done or said that would make me believe that he is going to go ahead and trade major draft picks and then pay a guy $20-plus plus million a year. It just doesn't seem to be in his DNA. Now, you can decide for yourself whether or not you think that's good or bad. But for everybody that keeps coming up with this, the Jets could trade for this guy or the Jets could trade for that guy or the Jets could spend big on so-and-so. That's not how this is going to work. Joe Douglas is not going to be the guy that's going to be paying a ton of money to the big name free agents, and he's not going to be the guy that's trading big time draft picks for your favorite big name players. He's just not going to do it. And me personally, I think sometimes it's wise to do that and sometimes it isn't. It really depends on the player and it depends on the situation. Mike Tannenbaum did it too much John Idzik went in the other direction Although he was only here for two years Didn't do much at all in terms of Flashy, splashy trades or free agent signings The only two I can think of Were Eric Decker, but he only got Eric Decker For the same reason that the Jets Got Connor McGovern because they were able to get him For a much more reasonable price than they anticipated And Percy Harvin But that was one where it was late in the season And John Idzik appeared to be trying to save his job With a last second Hail Mary So I think you have to look at it in that regard. Joe Douglas is going to be patient. He's going to put a huge premium on his draft assets. If he makes any trades with draft picks, it's going to be along the lines of what he did last year with Alex Lewis, a conditional seventh rounder or a conditional sixth rounder for Nate Hairston, which he ended up not even having to give up. He's not going to be that guy that's going to trade high draft picks and pay a player a ton of money. And he's not going to be that guy that goes out and makes the big splash and pays the $20 million a year free agent.
1: Listen, down the road, like in a couple years, you might see him start doing some moves like the Ravens did for Calais Campbell, trading a fifth-round pick for a veteran. Mm -hmm. You might see him be willing to do a fourth-round pick even. uh, You know, we've talked about maybe he'd be willing to give up a third in certain situations. That's the high point, and I'm only even saying that this year because they have two-thirds. But even then, it doesn't seem like he's – doing anything for this year, uh, regardless, certainly not going. I've seen some fans suggest that he's tanking. Uh, it's clearly not the case here. He's just building the team up slowly and surely. And once he he can build up a team more and have more talent on there and there's less holes to fill, then you might see him doing some of that stuff. But it's still extremely unlikely to be a high pick. Uh, like unless like we're talking about Patrick Mahomes becoming available, that's not going to happen. He's going to be doing uh, the late round pick stuff for veterans. But again, that's going to be down the road. Uh, people are gonna, we're gonna stop hearing the Jets connected to every single free agent. Uh, maybe not next off season, but by the next one after that. Uh, reporters and agents are going to get the hit they're going to get the clue and they're going to realize that jets aren't the ones to be just connected with every big name and in every uh, free agent uh, thing anymore and you can always you can always say any team is monitoring Jadavian Clowney. every single team is going to check in on that on the off chance they can get him cheap Uh, especially at this point that Maybe they don't check in right away because they just assume uh, it's going to be too much that we don't want to pay. At this point, oh, is markets not developing? Well, let's see what we can get in with. Um, Every team is going to do that. Uh, But you can also usually tell when that's the case by the words and phrasing reporters uh, use. Um, But he's not trading for Clowney. Or he's not going to sign anything big for Clowney. He's not going to give up whatever it takes to trade for Ngakwe or Trent Williams Uh, unless uh, Washington would have to severely drop their, the asking price, which seems extremely unlikely to happen. And Trent Williams would have to uh, drop his uh, asking price a good bit. Now, you know, there was a report, he was asking for 20 million and people were scoffing at that. Well, that's how negotiations work. You ask, at a, uh, a too high of a number, it comes down in the middle, but he would have to come down to probably like 12 before Joe's going to start this, uh, uh, considering that. Um, and it's just not how he's going to operate. And like I said, you could see him being more aggressive if the Eagles were more aggressive because they feel like they're closer. Um, if they build a team up to where they think they're just a piece away, you can see him doing that. Also at that point, he's probably going to have more draft picks to worry about. You can see right now he's probably – they're going to be collecting comp picks going forward, I would imagine. Joe Douglas is probably going to work that system way better than anybody else has ever worked that system for the Jets. So that will give him some more capital work within the draft, and then you might see him being more willing to do that. But right now he wants to build this team. He wants to build it through the draft, so he's not going to – get rid of draft picks he's looking to add draft picks
0: it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohoo a hand clapper a high fiver even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. We'll take one more
2: question, Chris, and then we're going to do this format. Over the weekend as well, because the news has slowed down. So we're going to mix in whatever news of the day there is with questions that you ask in the mailbag. So if you want to get some in, still plenty of time at play like a jet one or at see nimbly on Twitter. Of course, if Robbie Anderson signs or something like that happens, then we'll have a lot more to talk about. But for now, we are going to go through the news of the day, whatever's going on with the Jets, and then we'll answer your questions. This is actually going to be two questions, I guess, but from one person, Michael Pallas. He says, gentlemen, one football question and one good question. Which is your favorite choice of breakfast food if you could only pick from these three? Omelet, pancakes, French toast. Or homemade waffles. I believe that's actually four things there, Michael, but that's okay. (laughs) Your math's off a little bit, buddy. But I would say if I had to pick from one of those, man, it really depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Because you can't go wrong with any of those, honestly. I'm going to give you an answer that probably isn't going to be the answer that most people will say. But if I'm making my own chocolate chip pancakes because I have a special healthy recipe that I love... Then I could eat just a ton of them. I could sit there all day eating a bunch of pancakes. But I'll be honest, I guess I've got the Ron Swanson gene in me because I could eat any breakfast food and be happy with it. Give me French toast, homemade waffles, pancakes, omelets, whatever it is. I'm down for all of it.
1: Why does anybody eat anything other than breakfast food? (laughs) Because people are idiots, Leslie. Um Yes, that is a, a breakfast suit is the best, and I will eat it at any time, any day, and all day, and forever. Um, this is an interesting question. Well, see, now, my if I have to choose from the answers on the board, I'm going French toast. I'm going French toast. I'm going omelet second. And then uh, the, the, the pancakes or waffles, I guess it depends on uh, where I am. Um, but yeah, I, I, I go French toast out of those options, hands down. It's, it's not even close. Um, but I, I would go off the board and also say that, um, uh, egg sunny side up with the side of toast might be the best meal on the planet. And, uh, it, it really might be the best meal on the planet to be able to just dip my toast right in that runny yolk. Uh, I mean, give me some bacon on the side, and I am a happy, happy, happy man. But choosing from the options there, uh, I will happily take those, that French toast.
2: Let me just clarify. When I said give me all the bacon and eggs that you have, I meant give me all of the bacon and eggs that you have.
1: <laughs> right, Ron Swanson knows what he's talking about when it comes to breakfast foods.
2: And the second question that Michael asks, and this is a football question, he says, is it possible... That Joe Douglas is attempting to build a foundation With the draft and then planning To go after bigger free agents next year Sure I suppose it's possible But I still don't think he's going to go after major Free agents I think he'll look to plug some holes I think the biggest ticket Items are going to be mostly the Connor McGovern types now if he finds Himself in a situation where he thinks the Jets Are one player away maybe he'll Splurge a little bit but I think we can all Agree that the Jets are a ways away from that I think that In general, the way that we saw him use free agency this year is going to be how he uses free agency most, if not all years, that he's a general manager. He's somebody that's going to look for prudent deals and look to fill holes with guys that he likes on reasonable contracts, but I don't think that he's going to be going after these big free agents. And it's going to get to the point where, as Chris said, agents are eventually going to stop the Jets are connected to so-and-so routine because no one's going to believe it
1: anymore. Yeah, that... This is this again. This is Joe Douglas. This is who he is now, and we really should have. Uh, everyone should have been like you know. No one should be surprised by this. Looking at where he came from, uh, studying under Ozzie Newsome, uh, going just coming from the Eagles, the way that they run their team. Now, I talked about this a lot, and I said we can't just naturally assume that. Uh, that that's how he will react when now that he's in the big chair. uh, Maybe he he would feel some pressure and would uh, come out of that. But he didn't feel that pressure. He's sticking with that template, and that's telling me that that's who he is. That's telling me that's how he is going to run this team until the team is competitive enough for him to feel like they're just a piece or two away. Once he does that, once he gets to that point, you can see him be more aggressive but until he builds the team up to that point i don't see it happening now you know if if a, a young uh, uh, offensive lineman becomes available at some point next year for whatever reason and he's on a cheap contract and they don't have to pay too much maybe he'll do it but again it, it would be a that price has to be right for him he's not, so he's not going to be likely to be the highest bidder on anybody. He's not likely to say, okay, we really need this. So I'll, I'll go overboard on this. That's not what he's going to do. So I just, it's very important that people kind of start to wrap their head around this, that they're going to be the, the jets, uh, the Baltimore jets or the New York Ravens. Like that's, this is kind of how they're going to operate. And, that For the most part, that is a really good thing. Uh, like I've, I've talked about it. I disagree that with him that I think they should have done a little more splash on the offensive line to help Darnold, but overall, everything else, I agree with it, and I agree with the strategy. Uh, build the roster up, then you can start getting aggressive.
2: By the way, if you want to vote, and we'll talk about the results and what we both think of the actual question tomorrow, on my Twitter I posted this poll if the Eagles are able to put together the parameters of a trade for Yannick Ngakwe, which it seems like they're working on, and Ngakwe posted a picture of Reggie White on his Instagram in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform, so it seems like he's trying to tell people something. If they needed to clear cap space in order to sign Ngakwe to a long-term deal, should the Jets be willing to take Alshon Jeffrey's contract in exchange for a fourth-rounder along the lines of what the Browns did With Brock Osweiler if you remember a couple of years ago Brock Osweiler had that massive contract Houston was looking to get out from under it after one year they traded him to the Browns and in exchange they also gave the Browns a second round pick now you're not going to get that because Osweiler's contract was so much bigger than Alshon Jeffries because he was a quarterback but I thought it was something worth thinking about especially if Joe Douglas is going to take this tack Where he so values his draft picks That this would be an opportunity for him To get another pick in a premium round So we'll discuss this more tomorrow After we have the results But if you want to go and vote It's up on my Twitter at playlikeajet1. Chris, thanks so much for coming on Really appreciate it Looking forward to tomorrow Hopefully Robbie Anderson makes a decision Because as you said, Chris It seems like everything's hanging in the balance On Robbie's decision at this point In the meantime, though I know you've got a ton of stuff up up at jets insider.com involving brian Poole coming back the new additions and what you Think the Jets should do from here
1: yeah well, i posted an article today uh getting to know joe douglas The gm uh I'll, touched on some of the stuff are we touched on some of the stuff i talked about In the article but just going through what we've learned from joe douglas what it means Going forward from how he's going to operate um and what you can expect going forward um and also, of course, that the key to this his strategy working or not working is how he drafts. Um, so I, I have that up there. I'll have some more free agent stuff in the coming days. Obviously, hope uh, something happens with Robbie one way or another because then I can really start to address how they have to attack in the draft, all that stuff, and then. Obviously, I'll have a bunch of draft content coming out really soon. Probably next week, I'll start pumping out that draft content. Go ahead and
2: follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and Turn on the Jets.com.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?